Hello, people. My name is Brady Pointer, host of this fine show, The Point. Welcome back. We're here to talk more Dallas Cowboys football, Dallas Mavericks basketball. If the COVID Omicron variant ravaging both leagues right now. Um, but as of right now, there's no indication that any of them are going to stop footballs coming towards the end. Gonna have to just deal with it at this point. Basketball, I think Adam Silver said yesterday that there's no reason to pause the season. You know, COVID's not going away, it seems. Um, it seems like everyone's just gonna have to live with it. So that's what they're gonna do. They're just gonna live with it and keep going. I believe that there's already been a game postponed tonight. Um, uh, it's the Bulls and Raptors are postponed. I think uh, the Blazers have a game postponed later this week as well. So obviously things are gonna be affected. You know, the Mavs got affected. We said they had to, they had to sign. A slew of hardship players yesterday, Marcus Chris. Uh, they brought in uh, Theo Pinson, a couple other players. They signed Carly Jones earlier today as well. So we'll see what they we'll see what the Mavs have to do. It'll be interesting to see those players play. It just it'll be something new. I mean, no, it doesn't. They're not good. I mean, it's not like you know maybe one or two of these guys will stick on the roster after this wave passes, but. Uh, you know, it's 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 refreshing. It's nice to see. I mean, we're I mean, I, we can all be honest with the Mavericks. We're tired of seeing the same shit over and over, night in, night out. You know, with no Luca, no KP. Um, you know, that's just how it. This how it's gonna go, especially when you're dealing with COVID. And the Mavs aren't the only team having to deal with this. I mean, at least the Mavs aren't having to have their games postponed. So I guess since we're talking about the Mavericks, we'll go in to their game. Um, last night they beat Minnesota 114-102. Like I said, no Luca, no KP. Tim Hardaway, uh, Junior, Reggie Bullock, Maxi, Josh Green, they all have COVID. Willie Cauley-Stein's been out with personal reasons for like a week and a half, two weeks now. So about $85 million worth of salary is out last night. And that, uh, and the Mavs came out and played well. I mean, you know, Minnesota still had, you know, Cat. They still had D'Angelo Russell. They didn't have Anthony Edwards, but still have two of the better players. And um, Dallas played very well defensively. Uh, held them to 102 points, and they played well defensively over the past five games. You know, opponents are averaging 100 points per game against them, so that's pretty good. And Dallas' defense has come along really, has come along over the past month. Uh, ever since Lucas kind of been dealing with that ankle injury, uh, the Dallas' defense has done really well about keeping them in games. And that's going. To, they're going to need that because the offense is still yet to find a groove. Um, last night, Jalen had 28 points. Um, speaking of offense, yeah, Jalen had 28 points, 10 of 18 from the floor. Dorian Finney-Smith had 19. Sterling Brown had 12. Powell had 15. Boban had 10. So I mean, the offense got going a little bit. Had five players in double digits. So you'd like to see that. Uh, newly signed people. Marcus Chris had six points in 16 minutes. Theo Pinson came in. He had seven points, four rebounds, four steals in 22 minutes. So. It's nice to see these new guys coming in and making making impact. Mark and Chris was in the closing lineup, and he's been on the team. Was he wasn't wasn't on the team for twelve hours uh, prior to that? So um, he came in. He was in the closing lineup, and he performed well. And he might. And to be honest, Chris might be the one that sticks because Dallas is lacking a legitimate center. You don't have it in Powell. You don't have it Willie Cauley Stein. KP can't play the five full time. So Dallas needs a true center. And if it's if that turns out to be Chris, that's who it turns out to be. And we need a guy that can rebound, can roll, and get to the rim and create a pre- create a legitimate presence down low because that's what Dallas is lacking sorely. And I feel like that will help the offense flow a little bit better. Is if Dallas can have that presence down low and can help um, space things out around the edge. 
uh, and then they also help Luka get to the, have someone to roll with and work that pick and roll game too. So, I mean, I think that's you know I think that's what Dallas needs is to find a center in this situation. I think that's gonna be Chris. Um, but right now, can't judge the team too harsh. I mean, they just won. Um, they went three and two without Luka. Luka's missed five games in a row, so there's nearly nothing to be upset about. I mean, they held the Lakers to overtime. They should have won that game. I mean, they'd be 4-1 at that point. So, I mean, and the Lakers are fully healthy at that game, too. So, um, I'm not mad at what the Mavericks have done. It's, you know, can't really judge this team too harshly, like I said, because they don't have any of their best players. I mean, besides Jalen, who's been amazing in the last five since Luka's gotten hurt. He's averaging 20.5 per game, 7.5 assists, 52% from the field, 36% from threes, plus 16. So, Jalen has been amazing, and he's been everything you'd ask for out of your secondary point guard. And Dallas needs to figure out what they're going to do with him. Um, are they going to trade him, or are they going to resign him? Because you can't let him walk for nothing. He's an under, unrestricted free agent in the offseason. Can't let him walk for nothing. Got to resign him, or got to trade him. Got to get something for him. And I would hate to see him go, but I mean, if Dallas obviously trades him, better get something good back. So we'll see what happens there, but definitely cannot let him walk for nothing. That would be a complete lapse in ownership if that were to happen. So if that happens, we riot as a fan base up to this front office because that would be unacceptable to let Jalen Brunson walk for nothing. Trade him, get something back for him, or resign him. Got two options. There's not a third one. Um, so Luca, like I said, um, going back to the defense, you know, like I said they've averaged 100 points per game over. You know, the past five, they forced 17 turnovers from Minnesota last night. So the defense has turned around. And it's funny because uh, a few couple weeks ago, a week and a half ago, Jason Kidd said this team wasn't built to play defense. And ever since he said that, this team has been playing some pretty damn good defense. So I'm impressed. And this, like I said, it's going to have to continue if this team wants to do anything. Uh, as as a team wants to win ball games, because until the offense can get going, until this team can start knocking down shots, it's not going to happen. And what it's going to take for this team to get knocking down shots, I don't know. I mean, we've seen we've seen Tim Hardaway can shoot consistently. Dorian, I mean, we saw Reggie Bullock. He shot like I said over forty percent for a playoff team last year behind the arc. So we've Sterling Brown. He can shoot. So I mean, we've seen that these players can shoot. I mean, it's not like Sterling Brown has a massive sample size. Reggie Bullock more so. So. We've seen what these guys can do. They can make shots. Just, I mean, it's just, why aren't they going in? It's crazy to me that this isn't happening. But it's a fact of the matter. And a lot of it is, just, like, Reggie just can't shoot. Like, it mainly it's Reggie. Reggie's having an awful season so far. The man has got to figure it out. He's got to start making shots. So, and if he does it, he's gone. Which would be bad because at this point, his trade value is trash. So, you know, it'd be real nice if he could get going a little bit. Maybe up that trade value a little bit and see if Dallas can get a piece for him because Dallas needs a legitimate shooter. Go get a Buddy Heald. I think he's like second in threes made this season. So go get Buddy Heald. You know, we need something. Dallas needs someone that can shoot the ball consistently because they don't have it. It's not Luka. I mean, Jalen's not a bad shooter. Chris Tapps, is from, Chris Tapps from three is down this year so far. So we, Dallas needs a guy that can consistently make threes to really get this offense going, to really help Luka and facilitate a lot of other things. On top, and speaking of Luka, he should be back Thursday against the Bucks. That's what they're hoping for. Um, and that'll be nice. Hopefully he can get, get a spark back in this offense. Hopefully his ankle's good to go. He doesn't have to worry about that anymore. And he can actually you know, drive and plant on that leg and get to the rim 
And that's where it needs to start. If once Luka can start getting to the rim, that's going to, like I said in my last podcast, that's going to open up so many different other things for this offense is if Luka can get to the rim and is a threat down low because that's been the issue is this team has not had any paint presence at all offensively. And teams are, and they can't shoot. So if teams are like, well, you can't get, well, you don't really have much for a paint presence and you can't shoot from three. So, I mean, you're just literally making life so much so easy for the defense. Luka needs to start getting to the bucket, create, Pressure around the rim, and that's going to open things up around the perimeter. But until that happens, Dallas's offense will still look clunky, will still look lost when they have the ball. And that's going to continue to happen until, honestly, this team makes a move. This team's got to find a way to find improvement somewhere. And I don't know what they're gonna, where they're going to find it, what pieces they're going to move. I mean, it's not like Dallas, it's not like Dallas has a plethora of assets. You know, obviously Luka's untouchable. You know, you've got KP and Brunson. You got two pieces there you can work with. But then outside of that, you got players like Reggie Bullock. You got Powell. You know, I don't really know how much the team's trying to shop Maxi. Um, he pairs really well with KP. Um, as far as having two bigs on the floor, because you know, pairing a big with KP is tough, and Maxi fits really well with him. So I don't know if the, you know Dallas is looking to get rid of Maxi, looking to keep KP. So there's a lot. There's a lot of questions to ask here for the Dallas Mavericks front office. You know, who are they looking to move? Who are they looking to keep? Um, do they want to re-sign Jalen? Do they want to trade him? Like I said, can't let him walk for nothing. Um, my, my, my first reaction is Reggie's got to go. Um, that man is, I mean, we're quarter of the way through the season already, and this man has done nothing of value at all. Um, does that mean his trade's value is bad? So what? Okay. You can't, can't continue to shoot below 30% from the field or from three. You just can't do it. Especially when your calling card is making threes. It's absolutely ridiculous. So the Mavs have a lot of questions to answer. Like I said, they play the Bucks on Thursday. Luca hopefully will be back. Um, don't know about KP or anyone else. Uh, COVID's kind of a fluid situation, so that's a day-by-day thing. Um, then they have the Jazz on Christmas Day. We'll see what happens with that game. If COVID moves it, if things happen, we'll see. Uh, another Christmas Day game, a primetime game for Dallas. Great to see. Love to see it. Hopefully they don't get embarrassed on national television. Um, don't want to see that happen. Continue to play great defense, and things will go well for you, Dallas. Things will go well for you. Because speaking of great defense, moving on to the Cowboys. Beating the New York Giants 21-6. Man, that defense is amazing. Uh, we're going to start with them before we move on to this paltry offense. Um, they're carrying the team past month and a half. Playing elite football. You know, granted, you got you know, New Orleans and Taysom Hill and you got Washington and the combination of Taylor Heineke and Kyle Allen. You got the Giants and Mike Glennon. So, obviously, not offensive juggernauts. So, you got to look at that as well. But the t- continuing the force turnovers, it doesn't matter who you're playing. If you're continuing to force turnovers, you're going to be successful as a defense. It doesn't matter who you're playing. So, I mean, they continue the force turnovers, and that's what you want to see. I think you're tied first in takeaways for this season. So, that's awesome, and this defense is great. Having Demarcus Lawrence back has been absolutely awesome. He is one of the best run defenders in the league. I think he's PFF's highest graded run defender throughout the whole season. So, I mean, it's he is so so good on the run against the run, and he pr- creates so much pressure too in the backfield. And people only look at sacks; they are missing the whole picture here. Those people don't watch football. Those people don't care to do the research and the things it takes to understand if someone's actually good or not. And obviously, they don't, they don't know what they're watching either because if they were watching, they would see Demarcus Lawrence stopping the run at the line of scrimmage or forcing fumbles every single time. I mean, that man is amazing. I've, I've never seen an edge perform so well against the run as well as he does. So, 
he's really good. Uh, having him back's great. Uh, Neville Gallimore, his return has been fantastic for that interior defensive line. He's fantastic. Love to have him back. Uh, you know, Tristan Hill and Osa will be back. Uh, I think Osa's actually back in the building today uh, at the Cowboys uh, training uh, training offices. Um, uh, Hill's still in protocol, so getting some help there. Um, Tyron Smith. I'm not 100% sure if he'll be back or not. Jerry Jones said the help was coming, so we'll see if he returns. I mean, having him out obviously hurt the pass blocking a little bit for the offense. But, like I said, this defense, fam, let's keep forcing turnovers. You'll be fine. Um, now, I do want to see what this team, what the defense looks like if they're not forcing turnovers because they still do give up a lot of yards. Team, the defense is second, 22nd in yards per game allowed. So, um, that's according to Pro Football Reference, I believe. So, that, you know, now, this defense, if they're not giving up turnovers, I want to know what they look like. Can they still be competitive? Can they still keep their team in the game? Because right now, it looks like they're going to have to be what keeps this team in games because the offense is just not quite there yet. The offense looked a little bit better against Washington, but still some things were missing. Um, but yeah, the defense, keep playing you, keep doing you, keep forcing turnovers. But with the turnover stop, what does this defense look like? That's what I want to see. And I haven't seen that yet. And I may not get to see it with the way this team forces turnovers. I may not get to see it, which is fine with me. Honestly, that's fine with me. I'll take that. I'll take that every day. Continue forcing turnovers. Don't show me what it's like to play without turnovers. You know? So, that's fine with me. Looks like a defense elite right now. Playing probably the best football of any defense in the league. Um, we got the game against Arizona coming up against two weeks. Got to get past Washington first. You know, we'll see what Taylor Heineke can get off COVID and come play. So, we'll see what happens there. Uh, but yeah, that game against Arizona will be a very good test for the playoffs. It'll be against an uh, Arizona team that could very well be on a three-game losing streak. They play Indianapolis on Saturday, and could, they could very well lose that game. Indianapolis is playing very inspired football right now, trying to get into a playoff spot, and Arizona's not looking great. So we'll see what happens there, and if Arizona comes into Dallas on a three-game losing streak, you can bet your ass it's going to be a dogfight. Because they'll be looking, because at that point, they'll be fighting for position in their own division. In the NFC West. So they'll need to come into Dallas. If they're on a three-game losing streak, they'll need to come into Dallas needing needing a win. So that game will be a dog fight. And that is going to be a jet, massive test for this defense. Um, a playoff test. Because that will the Cardinals are a playoff team. So it'll be a, a very good offense. So it'll be a nice late-season test for this defense who's had... Who's had a lot of easy easy tries, easy goes out of the past few games. And, of course, they held KC to 19 points after Kansas City just put up 41 the week before against Las Vegas. So, I mean, that was good to see. You would like to see the offense do more and help them win that game. But, I mean, the defense has played well. Uh, like I said, they've got three easy games. They had the three easy games, you know, not great offenses. Um, and then they got the KC game where they held 19 points. So there is, you know, weaker offenses. And you can do something against a good, good offense. And uh, we'll see what they can do against Arizona. But... Like I said, once turnovers stop, what happens to the defense? That is my question. Moving to the offense, um, the offense looked a little bit better against Washington. You know, Dak was 28 for 37. He was throwing the ball a little bit better, looked more comfortable. Um, 217 yards, one touchdown. Uh, the running game got back to where you'd like it. Uh, maybe not what it was at the beginning of the season, but still it was better than it has been over the past month or so. Pollard had 12 carries, 74 yards, 6.2 yards per carry. Zeke had 16 carries, 52 yards and a touchdown, 3.3 yards per carry. Uh, Zeke's yards per carry have not been very good this year. Um, 
he well, you'd like to see him break off a little bit more longer runs, be a little more explosive, but that's that's really Pollard's calling card is being explosive, is being able to break off 10, 15, 20-yard runs at snap of finger. So that's really not Zeke's calling card. And I think, you know, of course, you know, Zeke's been hurt the past you know, four or five games, so that probably has something to do with it. But once again, having both your running backs over 50 yards is good to see. Um, once I, I think Pollard maybe needs to be called on a little bit more as the season goes on, to be honest with you. He's been really good all season long. So I don't I don't think there's any reason to not continue to call Tony Pollard's number. Um, like I said, running game get going. That's what, what's what you like to see. Said that in my last pause. The running game has got to get going if the offense wants to succeed. Uh, like first 50-yard game for Zeke since Denver. Uh, but three, like I said, 3.2 yards per carry um, in the game since Denver. That needs to come up. So you need to see him getting... Want to see him getting four or five yards per carry there. Um, Pollard's got back-to-back 70-yard games, but don't be fooled. Um, against against New Orleans, he needed he had that one for 58 yards. So outside of that, he was six carries for 13 yards. And then, of course, against Kansas City, he had the 31-yard carry. Outside of that, he was six carries for 19 yards. So, like I said, Pollard, you know, back-to-back 70-yard games. But outside of the, this game right here, the running game has not been very good. Um, for both of them, they both have been battling injuries, and, you, and of course you got to look at that. But getting the running game going is going to be beneficial moving forward for this offense, like they did at the beginning. See, the beginning see they're running the ball all over people, and they were able to throw the ball all over people because of it. So it's complimentary football. Got to help yourself out on the offensive side. Um, you know, obviously in the O line, the offensive line getting short away. You know, putting Connor Williams back in for McGovern helped a lot. I mean, Williams is by far the better run blocker. I mean, not even close. So, of course, Kyle, Tyler Biotis has been having, you know, been playing really well as the season's gone on. His run blocking has improved greatly. So, I mean, the offensive line, the run blocking's getting better. And, I mean, you've got to stop with the O-line carousel. Quit it. Williams is your left guard. Let him be your left guard. Quit subbing in McGovern. Let McGovern be your tight end, fullback, hybrid, big guy. Let him do that. Let Williams be your left guard. Let L be your right tackle. And quit changing things. Leave it alone. Leave it alone. You gotta let at this point in the season the best have to play, and those are the best. No more of this lineman carousel. Tired of it, okay? Tired of it. It's part of the reason why the offense has gone gone to shit, because you keep on switching out your linemen. So, like I said, I mentioned earlier, pass blocking was hurt without Smith. That was clear. Um, that left tackle position. Without any time Tyron Smith doesn't play, there's going to be a drop in the production. Anytime doesn't matter. Um, but the offense, like I said, they played a little bit better. Um, one thing that had, did not improve was the drops. Uh, CD had all three drops. Two of them were massive. I mean, like, if we're looking, I mean, hell, we're looking at a different offensive day for Dallas passing-wise if CD catches those balls. I'm serious. I'm serious. Um, but, you know, Schultz did well. He was eight receptions for six, seven yards and a touchdown. I mean, CD still had six receptions for 50 yards. But what he could have had nine receptions for damn near 100 had he caught those balls. So, I mean, three drops. All three by him. I mean, like I said, this team had four drops total in the games before Denver. Four total. And now they've got three in one game, all by one player. That's ridiculous. The drops have to stop. And Dak, Dak only had like two bad throws in this game, according to Pro, pro Football Reference. I mean, so it's not like Dak, Dak didn't have a bad game at all. Dak played pretty well, I think. Dak played pretty well, in my opinion. So... It's just, I mean, he's just not getting help from anyone, anyone else. 
I mean, Amari Cooper was non-existent. He had two receptions for eight yards, five targets, uh, two receptions for 41 yards versus New Orleans. Essentially, one reception for 41 yards. His other receptions against New Orleans went for no gain. Uh, so, you know, I know the you know I know the Giants in New Orleans have got good corners. You know, James Bradbury, Dory Jackson, uh, Logan Ryan for for New York, and you know the uh, the Saints have Marshawn Lattimore and Malcolm Jenkins. So I mean, he, he's had to go up against some talent. But Amari Cooper is your. I mean, right now I don't think he's number one. I think CD's the number one receiver on this team. But he is getting paid like a number one receiver, and Amari Cooper can play like a number one receiver. Um, so you would expect him to get open a little bit more against top corners because that's he is a top receiver. And on top of that, one of the best route runners in the game. So you would expect Amari to get open a little bit more. You know, and Chances are he's probably playing with an injury like he always does because he's one of the toughest SOBs out there. But he's still, you need to see more out of your top paid wide receiver. And like I said, obviously, I, I, honestly, I think CD is now the number one receiver on the team. I think that's a fair assessment. Um, right now, Cooper has just doesn't, get the targets, doesn't get the receptions. Um, he's had he's 50 yards, only 7 out of 12 games this season. He's got 5-plus receptions, 4 out of the 12 games this season he's played in. So the connection between him and Dak is lacking, especially since Dak returned from the injury. It's been, I mean, they just doesn't don't have don't be on the same page. Don't seem to be on the same page. Um, his targets are down, receptions are down towards this part of the season after the Denver game. So, I, I mean, I want to see him get involved more. You know, he had double-digit targets against uh, Tampa Bay where he had a fantastic game. Granted, Dallas threw the ball 50-plus times in that game, but still, you know, let's target him more. Let's get him 7, 8, 9, 10 targets a game. Let's quit targeting him only 4, 5 times, 6 times a game. You know, let's get him involved more. Let's see him get open. He, I mean, Dallas has a plethora of receivers. Gallup, uh, Cooper, Lamb, let's get them all involved. There's no reason each of them shouldn't have 4-plus receptions a game. Get them involved. You can literally spread the field because you're able to. Schultz included. Pollard out of the backfield. I mean, Dallas can spread the ball to a number of people. Let's do it. Now I'll get now I'll get why that would that would obviously correlate to having lesser receptions, lesser targets, because Dallas has a plethora of people to spread the ball around to. So that factors into it as well. You know, if Cooper was the true number one and Dallas didn't have anybody else to throw the ball to, yeah, you would see Cooper's numbers up a little bit more. But obviously Dallas has a number of skill guys to go to. So, yeah, granted, some numbers are going to look a little bit less, but this is a little bit lower than what you want to see out of, out of Amari Cooper. And um, that needs to, it needs to, it needs to fix, it needs to get better. It really does. Um, you're, he's your highest paid receiver. He needs to start producing the numbers that show he is the highest paid receiver. And once that point, once that point in time comes, I think this offense is going to start looking a lot better. Um, and speaking of the passing game, it did look overall better, I think, in this game. Um, you know, Dak's more in control. He's more accurate. Um, didn't have the wild throws that you've seen over the past past few games. The one knock I do have is just they got to stretch the field more. Got to get the ball downfield. Um, his completed air yards per passing attempt in this game was 3.3 yards. You want to see that in the 5 or 6 range. Um, completed air yards per complete. Uh, uh, yeah, completed air yards per completion. Um is 4.3 yards. You want that to be around 7 or 8. And then intended air yards per passing attempt is 6.2 yards. Um, you want that to be in 7 or 9. So, I mean, he's not. So, he really didn't get the ball downfield much in this game. Um, he tried that real long throw, I believe it was to Gallup, um, that was severely underthrown. So, that's a question right there. Was, you know, do, does that, is arm strength lacking right now? 
Was that the wind involved? I don't know. That ball looked to come up short really bad, so I think maybe the wind had something to do with that throw. Regardless, it was still five yards under the throne. So it's not like the wind was 25 miles an hour. It was like 15, maybe 15 to 20. So I'm not too sure if that point sticks or not. So, but got to get the ball downfield. Um, I think that's when this offense is a lot more successful is when they're stretching the field, not so much with the dink and dunk stuff, looking like the Jason Garrett days. Let's try to stretch the field a little bit more, um, get to keep, keep defenses on their toes. Another thing, red zone scoring has been atrocious. I mean, this team is leaving so many points on the board against Washington, against New York. I mean, they were they went to the red zone five times against New York, had two touchdowns, went to the red zone six times against Washington, had one touchdown. So, I mean, this is just ridiculous. I mean, they went one for two against New Orleans, two for three against Las Vegas, over two against Kansas City. I mean, the New Orleans game, the Vegas game's not too bad. But, uh, I mean, those, I mean, they, they I mean, this team could put 40 burgers up easily against Washington and New York, and they just left so many points on the table. I mean, this team has got to find ways to score touchdowns in the red zone. Not field goals, touchdowns. And they're 25th in red zone scoring percentage, um, so about 53.85%. So this team is scoring touchdowns in a little in a little over half of their red zone appearances. I mean, the best teams are up there in the 70s and 80s. So, you know, this team is awful in the red zone at scoring touchdowns. Over the past three games, they're 29th, 30.77%. So, yeah, that's not good. Also, another tidbit of information, they're fifth in red zone appearances over the last three games. That's according to TeamRankings.com. So, fifth in red zone appearances over the last three games, and you've got a touchdown on 30% of those attempts. 29th in the league. That is awful. This team needs to find ways to score touchdowns in the red zone. Touchdowns. Being fifth in red zone attempts and 29th in scoring touchdowns in the red zone is awful this offense is built to score touchdowns so score touchdowns when you get opportunities I mean it's it's not like the opportunities you haven't you haven't played very well your defense is literally giving you so many chances to score touchdowns I mean look what happened last year I mean this defense couldn't do anything for the offense the offense was having long fields was having to have 70 80 90 yard drives to score touchdowns this year you're getting great starting field position, and you still can't do anything with it. I mean, you've got to find a way to score score in the red zone, score touchdowns in the red zone, especially when your defense is helping you out the way they are. They've got to do it. No excuse, especially for an offense with the talent they have. You've got to find ways to score touchdowns, or they will lose games because of it. Field goals are not going to win you games in this league. Touchdowns will. So, you know, I'm just... I mean, I'm, the offense has still got some things to improve upon. Um, the re- I think Dak and the receivers still need to work on their chemistry a little bit now towards the end of the season. Still get back on that same page. CeeDee Lamb needs to quit dropping the damn ball. He's, I mean, like I said, he is the number one receiver on the team right now in terms of just talent because he is playing at a very high level. So don't drop the ball. Catch the ball. Simple as that. I mean, it's not not difficult. It's really not hard. It's not like these are hard catches. They're, they're easy. I mean, the, the the crossing route in the middle of the field where he dropped, I mean, he was 20, 30 yards downfield. That hit him right, hit him right in the face mask, and he dropped the shit out of it. I mean, unacceptable stuff from C.D. Lamb. So that's got to be fixed. 
The drops have got to be fixed. The run game needs to continue to improve. Um, I believe they need to call on Pollard's name a little bit more. I believe, you know, despite both of them being injured, I think Pollard is the healthier of the two. Um, Zeke looks slow. He doesn't look as quick as he did at the beginning of the season. And Pollard still looks pretty decent. So I would rely on Pollard more in the run game. Uh, Dak needs to throw the ball downfield more and score in the damn red zone. That's it. That's right there. The keys to success. Defense keep forcing turnovers. The keys to success for the Dallas Cowboys. Anyway, that's about it for the point. Thanks for listening um, and sharing and liking. I appreciate it all. Um, probably not going to get anything out before Christmas. So y'all have a Merry Christmas. I will see y'all next time.